Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Last Wednesday night we talked about the strong spirit. And so we're going to follow up to that message. What we did in January, February, we spent a lot of time talking about Joshua and the generation that was going into the promised land. And so we're going to analyze some more of that. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1, of course, as always, you can find my notes on the Bible app and download on the live event section, as well as listen to this message on the podcast later on this week. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass... That the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man, there shall not... Any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. Say good courage. good courage. For unto this people shall you divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Say very courageous. Very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from the, from, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper whithersoever you goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Say, good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, what God is telling Joshua here in Joshua 1 is echoing what God already said through Moses in Deuteronomy 31. In order for Joshua to be successful, two things he had to do. He has to be strong and very courageous. Now, this word courage is defined as bravery, intrepidity, which means fearless or adventurous, that quality of mind which enables people to encounter danger and difficulties with firmness or without fear or depression of spirits, valor, boldness, resolution, It is a constituent part of fortitude, but fortitude implies patience to bear continued suffering. Courage is also defined as the ability to do something that frightens one. It's defined as strength in the face of pain or grief. It's defined as mental or moral strength to venture, to take risk, to persevere, and to withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Courage also comes from the Latin word meaning heart. Because it takes courage to do what God has put in your heart to do. It takes courage to do what God's called you to do 
and not what other people want you to do. It takes courage to do what God's put in your heart to do and to remove things from your heart that other people put in there. You have to be strong and very courageous. So before Joshua can take the promised land, God, you have to be brave. You have to be bold. You have to be strong. You have to take risk. Because the thing is, we said, well, that makes sense because Joshua is going to war. He is fighting enemies stronger than him. He is fighting giants. He's going against cities and nations that normally couldn't beat. Of course, he has to be brave. Go to 1 Chronicles 22. 1 Chronicles 22. So, so what makes sense for Joshua to be courageous, for Joshua to be brave? But in order for you to do everything God's called you to do, you must have the same courage. You must be brave as well. First Chronicles 22. Look at verse 6. Then he, David, called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed blood abundantly and have made great wars. You shall not build a house unto my name, because you have shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to you, who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel for." Ever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you and prosper you and build the house of the Lord your God as he has said of thee. Only the Lord give you wisdom and understanding, give thee charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then shall you prosper if you take heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. Now, notice what David told Solomon. He's going into a time of peace. He's going into the time of prosperity. When you read some of David's last conversation with Solomon, it's a time of impartation from the Father. It's a time of wisdom, but it's also some Godfather-type moments. He says, once you become king, these people are going to try to do it. Kill them. So if you can imagine how many, uh, the end of Godfather Part 1 when Michael's becoming the Godfather. This is what David is telling Solomon. You need to have one of those moments after your coronation because these people are going to try to attack because they're going to think you're weak. If you saw the Black Panther movie, people attack at regime change. So he's telling Solomon, you can't fall to this. You have to be strong. You have to be courageous. You have to handle these enemies, and you have to go forward in order to do what God has called you to do. Before Solomon was born, God said to David, he will build me a house. I will give him rest from all his enemies. So he's entering into a time of peace and prosperity. But in order to fulfill his destiny, he has to be strong and very courageous. Go to chapter 28. Verse 11, 
Then David gave to Solomon's son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and the treasuries thereof and the upper chambers thereof and the inner parlors thereof and the place of the mercy seat. Skip down to verse 19. All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. What happened? The Holy Ghost came on David and told him exactly how the temple should be built. So he wrote it down, created the pattern, and passed it down to Solomon. And so what does David say after he gives him the pattern? Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God, even my God, will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with you. For all the service of the house of God, they shall be with you. All man of workmanship, every will and skillful man, for any man of service, also the princes and all the people will be holy at your commandment. So Solomon is about to step into his purpose, and David has prepared everything. David said, well, God says I couldn't build it, but he, said I, he didn't say I couldn't pay for it. So David pays for it all. He puts aside billions of dollars for this project. His 400 mighty men says, well, we're not going to miss an opportunity to give, and so they give hundreds of millions of dollars towards this project. So Solomon doesn't have to put any money towards this new project. He doesn't have to think, well, how should I create it? Because the Holy Ghost already gave David the plans for it. So now everything is set up for Solomon to walk in. You might think, well, that's easy. He just has to walk in and watch it be done. All the people report to him. But no, David says you have to be strong and you have to be courageous. In order for this to come to pass, you still have to be brave. You might think I'm walking to a season. He said, well, it's a new season. Things are set up for me. There's overflow. God's storehouse is being poured out. Yes, it's true. But in order to walk in it all, you have to be brave. You have to be courageous. Part of being courageous, you have to be willing to take risk. You have to do things that look risky where the rest of the world says, now nah, you shouldn't do that, but you know what God told you to do. When all your family says you look crazy, but you know that you know that you know in your spirit that the Holy Ghost told you to do that. You have to be courageous if you expect to fulfill your call. You have to be brave if you expect to fulfill your destiny. You have to be full of courage if you're going to fulfill your purpose. Heaven is a place for champions. It's a place for the courageous. Hell is the home of cowards. When you look at the book of Revelation, it talks about those outside of the kingdom going to hell. And part of the first words are the fearful and the cowards. If you're in the kingdom of God, you're not called to be a coward. What did Hebrews 11 tell us? Well, Hebrews 10, go there. Hebrews 10, 38. Hebrews 10:38. Now the just shall live by faith. How many faith people do I have in here? But if any man draw back, that phrase draw back means to cower or to shrink back in fear. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. I'm not going to be happy with him. But the writer replies, says, but we are not of them who draw back, who cower in fear unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving and the preserving of the soul. So if you're faith people, you're saying, I am full of courage. I am brave. I don't back down. I'm not a coward. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm not running away. We don't retreat. We go forward and we take territory. Go to 2 Chronicles 32. 
He's the God of the brave, not the coward. It takes faith and courage to do what God has called you to do. Second Chronicles 32, because look at verse 7. The Assyrian army has come against the kingdom of Judah. They're an unbeatable army. King Hezekiah is encouraging the people. And he said to the army and to the people, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with them. For there be more with us than with him. Why? The king has tens of thousands of people, more than Judah does. He hasn't been defeated. Assyria has already wiped out Israel. It looks like Judah should be next to go. And Hezekiah says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't panic. Don't be distressed. Don't have a panic attack. Be of a good courage. Because it looks like he has the advantage, but I'm going to let you in on a secret. He doesn't have the advantage. We have the advantage. For there are more that are with us than are with them. Why? Because with them is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested or leaned on the words of Hezekiah. They were brave when it looks like they're going down. But God delivered them mightily because the Lord sent one angel and took down the entire army because there's more that are with us. So that means even when we look at a situation that in the natural, there's no way I can handle it. That is too big. That is too hard. That is too strong. That doesn't mean you go back and go, well, I'm going to say this faith stuff doesn't work. I'm going to go cower and run back and act like a heathen. No, you take it head on. You're brave in the face of adversity. You're full of courage in the face of defeat. Paul said in Philippians, don't even flinch in the face of your enemies. Because to them, it'll be a sign of their destruction, but to you of the salvation of God. Don't flinch. Don't blink. Don't make them. Don't let them think they got you. Look them straight in the eyes. Isn't that the best you got? Faith people are full of courage. The brave people, we take risk. We step out to do the will of God. Go to Psalm 27. You have to have a courageous heart. You have to be full of courage. You have to be brave to do the will of God. Psalm 27. Notice the Psalm of David. Look at verse 12. Deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living wait, which means to look for, to hope, to expect on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So when you have all these enemies, all these situations, all these circumstances that are stacked up against you, wait on the Lord. Be brave, and he'll strengthen your heart. 
So two things, you have to wait on God and you have to be brave. Because while you do those two things, God will strengthen your heart. So let's go back to verse 1, because there's some keys to being courageous and brave that David lays out in this psalm. There's revelation in this song. We talked about part of this on Sunday. We sang it, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That sounds like courage right there. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That sounds like bravery. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat, my, eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. So I'm not going to be afraid if a multitude, if a host, if an army surrounds me. If everyone declares war on me, I am not going to panic. I'm going to be confident. Now, it seems like he switched the subject, but he's still on the same subject. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, what when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek ye my face, my heart said unto you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not your face far from me. Put not your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So because people who I thought were going to have my back turned on me, and the moment they should have picked me up, my God will pick me up. You can't be moved because people left you. You have to be like Paul. Says, when you walked out on me, Jesus walked in. So I want to send you a thank you note for leaving me. Because if you didn't leave, Jesus would have walked in. You can't be moved because people turn on you. You have to be brave. You have to be courageous. And now I know God for myself. I will wait on God. I will be confident. I will see the salvation of the Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false wood has arisen up against me, and they breathe out cruelty. I would have fainted. That sounds like no more courage. Sounds like no more bravery. That sounds like quitting. Sounds like giving up. Seems like being overwhelmed. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait, expect, look for the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The New Living Translations of that last verse, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Notice that David's courage is rooted in his belief in God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and David's relationship with God. He says, I can be brave because I know him. He says, seek my face. He said, I replied, your face will I seek. One thing I want, I want to be in his house. I want to be close to him. I want to know you. And because he's close to God, he's brave. 
He has a relationship. What did David say when he faced Goliath? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uncircumcised means you don't have a covenant. I have a covenant. I know my God. Saul came at him and says, well, how are you going to do this? You're just a little kid. You don't understand. I've been practicing for this day. This is the time of my destiny has arrived. There was a lion. I took him down. There was a bear. I took him down. I'm going to take down that giant too, for the Lord is with me. So he is a brave, courageous individual because he knows his hope is in God. You don't be brave and courageous because you think, I got it all together. No, you're brave and courageous because you know your God will come through for you. You know God will make it happen. You know that God will bring it to pass. You know that God will cause you to break out on the left hand, break out on the right hand. God will cause you to break through. That whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to change, whatever needs to move for the will of God to come to pass, for the dream in your heart to come to pass, God will do it so you don't back up, you don't run away, you don't shrink back. You don't cower. You are strong and of good courage. And you know the goodness of God will manifest in your life. So you don't fail because you know you'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So you expect on God. You hope on God. You wait on God. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. You have to be brave. You have to be full of courage. Because then you'll see what you're believing for. Go to Psalm 31. Verse 23. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully rewards the proud doer. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope or wait on or expect in the Lord. So don't say, well, God make me brave. No, you decide to be brave and he'll strengthen you. Don't say, well, I'm waiting for God to make me brave. You're going to wait all your life then. You have to make a decision to be brave and to face your situation, and God will give you the strength then. Go to Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he has prepared for him that what's? So as you're waiting on God, looking for him, expecting on, there's some things laid up for you. There's some things reserved for you. But you won't see it if you don't wait on him. You won't see it if you're not looking for it. You won't see it if you don't expect him. You won't see it if you don't have any hope. See, we're faith people, and we talk a lot about faith, and we should. But if you don't have hope, your faith won't work. We're going to talk about hope on Sunday. Because hope is the substance of your dreams. Come on, if you're not dreaming anymore, your faith is stagnated. You have to hope in God. You have to have hope. If you're going to see what you believe to come to pass, go to 1 Corinthians 2. Paul quotes this. 
1 Corinthians 2. Verse 9. But as it is written, we just read it. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. There's a connection to loving God and expecting him. Loving God and waiting on him. Loving God and looking for him to do that. Because if you love him, you know he loves you. So there's an exchange of I love him and I know he's going to manifest for me. Because I love him because he first loved me. But God has revealed these things, what eye hasn't seen, what ear hasn't heard, wasn't into the heart of man. Unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So as you make a decision to be brave and you wait on God, you can wait on him in prayer. Not just wait going, well, I'm waiting, spending time in prayer. No, wait and look for him. Look for him to answer you. Look for him to say something. Look for him to do something while you pray. While you read the word, wait on him. Look for him to say something, reveal something in the word. You go throughout the day, look for him to do something. So while I'm waiting on God, if you're just sitting there waiting, you're not waiting on God. Waiting on God is not complete unless you have an expectation. That's what we say every Sunday, I expect a miracle. Waiting is not complete until you have an expectation. And so if you have no hope or no expectation, you're not waiting on God. And you're missing out on so many things. But these things are revealed as you wait and as you look by the Holy Ghost. So go to Acts 4. See, what happens as you spend time waiting on God and Holy Ghost gives you revelation and shows you what's laid up that you need to go and get brave and go get it, you'll get braver when you see, that's mine. That belongs to me. Jesus paid the price for me to have it. Satan must have lost his mind if he thinks he can keep it. You spend time with God, he starts talking like that. Because I don't care if no one in my family has ever gotten this far. I'm going to do it. I don't care if I'm the first college graduate in my family because I'm going to do it. I don't care what they said I can't do. If God said I can do it, I'm going to do it. He says, oh, you sound cocky. No, no, no. That's faith. That's confidence. That's boldness. It's cocky if you think you can do it by yourself. It's faith when you know God's going to do it through you. Acts 4, verse 31. The apostles had been threatened by the religious leaders of the day who had governmental power to kill them. So they come back and they tell the church, here's what they said. They all gathered together and pray based on the word of God. And verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness or with bravery or with courage. The Holy Ghost brings boldness. The Holy Ghost brings courage. As you learn to wait on him, he imparts courage to you. After you've made a decision, I'm going to be brave. He strengthens your heart. So as he reveals things, he'll make you strong. He'll stir you up on the inside. Some of you wonder, why have I been stirred up about this? Why is this thing just nagging at me? I see this issue. I see this situation. Why does it bother me so much? 
See, the thing is, when you read the book of Judges, when you look at the ministry of Samson, the Holy Ghost will stir him up for a fight. The Holy Ghost will come on Samson not to prophesy, not to preach, not to lay hands on the sick. He will come upon Samson to go kick butt. He would stir him up. And says the Holy Ghost began to move on him while he was at the camp. And he'd go, and Samson would do the weirdest things, but it would work. Why? The Holy Ghost was on him. So you're trying to look at, well, why is this bothering me so? Why is this issue in society bothering me so much? Why is what I'm seeing in my community bothering me? The Holy Ghost is stirring you up for a fight. He's stirring you up to handle it. He's stirring you up to take territory. He's stirring you up to advance the kingdom of God. But in order to do that, you have to be brave. You have to be courageous. You can't say, well, somebody will do it one day. No, that somebody is you and that day is today. To get along with the Holy Ghost and get now, here's the battle strategy. Here's the pattern to follow. Go to Acts 28. Where was the first place the Holy Ghost led Jesus after he came upon him? To the wilderness. To be tempted of the devil. The first thing the Holy Ghost led Jesus to was a fight. Forty days fighting with the enemy. The Holy Ghost will lead you to a fight. Why would he lead me to a fight, Pastor? Because you can win. He will never lead you to a fight that you can't win. So he said, well, I'm facing something in my life that looks big. Well, what did 1 Corinthians tell us? Nothing can come into your life unless God allowed it. And with that comes an escape. So if it shows up in your life, know there's already an escape in there. Which means there's a deliverance in there. That means you can beat it. Now the thing is, God's not going to let something come into your life that you cannot handle. Not even says, well, I could have handled that 30 years from now. No. If it shows up in your life, God has already put what's in you necessary that you can handle it right now. Exactly where your faith is right now, you can handle it. Exactly at your condition right now, you can beat it. You have to be brave. You can't whine about it. You can't complain about it. You can't be a coward. Face it head on. It's like when God told Moses, throw down your staff, and it turned into a snake. And he's like a lot of us. He didn't jump back. He must not like snakes either. But what did God say? Grab it. Handle it. Stop jumping back from snakes. Handle it. Stop running away from problems. Handle it. Stop being afraid of everything. Handle it. The last verse of Acts 28 about the Apostle Paul. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. No man forbidding him. The word confidence means boldness and courage. So the book of Acts chapter 28 ends with Holy Ghost filled people full of courage. Acts 29. Our life. Us living in 2018 has to continue the same way. Holy Ghost filled believers advancing the kingdom of God, full of confidence, full of courage, full of boldness.
Our courage shouldn't shrink from the early church. It should increase. Because now we got millennia of seeing what the Holy Ghost has done and what the Holy Ghost can do. They had a few decades. We got millennia seeing the faithfulness of God, seeing God come through time and time and time and time and time again. So what we live at the end times, yes, so that means you need to be brave. You got to think, well, yeah, but Paul was brave. He should be at this time. No, Paul wasn't meant for this time. Paul was meant for that time to handle that time. You were meant for this time to handle this time. This was not the time for Paul, Peter, and James, and John. It wasn't the time for Elijah and Elisha and Moses. It wasn't the time for Deborah and Esther. It wasn't the time for Ruth and David. It's your time. It's your season. It's your generation. It's on you. Stop saying, well, one day we'll have an awakening. The awakening is in you. So when you decide to awaken and stay woke and do what God has called you to do, the awakening spreads. It's not just praying for an awakening. It's being an awakening. It's not praying for a revival. It's being revived yourself. It's going forward, doing what the Holy Ghost has called you to do, and watching things change. It's standing at the brink of the impossible and laughing. Because all things are possible to them that believe. It's refusing to go to heaven until you're ready. At the end of last year, I was going through a book written by Miles Monroe. And I didn't realize it until I opened it that he had signed it for me. And he said, Carrick, die empty. What does that mean? Don't go to heaven with unfulfilled potential. Before you go, pour out everything. Give everything. Because he said some of the richest places on earth are the graveyard. Because there lies unwritten books. Undiscovered cures, uncreated movies. He said, all these things in the graveyard, people died with potential. Go to heaven empty. Go off. I did everything. I poured out everything. What's in you that you haven't done yet? What dream have you haven't fulfilled? What dream have you said, well, I'm too old to do that now. I'm too, I've experienced too much life. What's in you that you haven't even dared to accomplish anymore? I'm going to believe in the Holy Ghost for the next few days and next week to stir up your dreams. Don't miss Sunday. He's going to stir up our dreams. We have to dream big because we serve a big God. If you can look over your life, so this is God's plan for my life. If you can figure out how to do it yourself, that ain't from God. Because what's from God is going to take faith and courage and bravery, and supernatural wisdom. And it's far above, exceedingly above, far beyond all you can ask, think, pray, for, imagine. That if God were to tell you everything he wants you to do in the next 20 years, it should make you go, I, I. That's why he probably doesn't tell you. Stop limiting him. 
Stop saying, well, this is all I can do because I'm this. I'm that. I'm this age. I'm this background. I'm this education. No. This is the time for heroes. This is the time for people to be brave. This is the time of the Holy Ghost-filled Christian to rise up and to write the end of the story of this age. Because all these people we read about in the Bible that are in heaven, they're watching you right now. Hebrews 12 says they're cheering you on. They're looking at your life, waiting for you to do your part. And when you get to heaven, they're going to cheer you in. You got a job to do. There's a call on my life, and I ain't about to drop it. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. And so do you. You have to be confident about what God called you to do. That's why you run away from sin, because sin makes cowards of men. Sin destroys your confidence towards God and confidence in God's anointing on your life. You have to walk with God. You have to be brave. You have to be bold. You have to be full of courage. Get the wisdom and the paddle from heaven and do what David said to Solomon. Do it. Nike, just do it. Stop coming up with excuses. Do it. Stop whining. Do it. Stop giving all the reasons why you can't do it. Do it. Get the pattern from heaven. Too many people say, well, I'm waiting on God. No, God's been waiting on you. Take a step of faith. What if I fail? God will have to catch me. Stop asking, what if I fail? What about what if I succeed? And see, the thing is, then you got to define success. I've seen something this morning from Pastor Furtick. He says, success is relative. And some people never define what success is because when something happens, they just want to call it success because they're afraid of failing. What is success where your purpose is concerned? What would you say? Yep, that's victory. Write that down. So, well, I don't know where I'm going in my life. You need to figure out and write that down. Write the vision. Make it plain. Put it somewhere you can see it. Then be full of the Holy Ghost and courage and go and do it. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, let's lift our hands towards God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the word and the encouragement, the exhortation of the Holy Ghost. The encouragement of the Holy Ghost to be brave, to have a courageous heart. Help us to do what you've called us to do. And fill us afresh with your spirit. Say, I make a decision decision. to be brave, brave. to be full of courage, courage. to accomplish accomplish. my purpose, purpose. to fulfill fulfill. my destiny. destiny. I will do do. what God has called me to do. do. There's a calling on my life, and I ain't going to drop it. I will fulfill my purpose. Now, Father, fill me afresh with your spirit. Strengthen me right now. Renew my youth. Grant me wisdom and the patterns to fulfill my purpose. Now, expect him to fill you right now. Look for him to fill you right now. 
and receive his filling. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, glory to Jesus. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.